Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more.
everyone. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is the quick hit from Saturday, August 5th, uh, night al- uh, 12. Night 12. Um, we're getting toward the end, and we're joined by Jimmy, who's at Timber Carini on Twitter, who's a, a friend who left us for a while in the D.C. area, but's back. So, hey, man, good to have you back, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Real excited to be here. Um, been a big fan of the pod for you know a couple years, and, and really excited to finally be able to be a part of one of your quickets. Thanks, man. And you will um, you can come back anytime, and we'll do one of these in person at some point in DC. And also, we're gonna we're gonna see the beards, play music um, again, and there's gonna be all kinds of fun stuff now that you're back in DC. Absolutely. So, Jimmy, you got to see. Um, you saw Pittsburgh and Dayton, right? And then this is the only show of the Baker's Dozen you've seen. So tell us a little bit about your experience in Pittsburgh and Dayton and then kind of how that, um, how you ended up at night 12. Yeah, I mean, I think that initially I had just planned to do the Dayton and Pittsburgh run. Um, I had been to the Nutter Center was my second show ever in 97, um, and it was my birthday show, twelve seven ninety seven. So the, nice. the plan was all along to do the twenty year and do that with a good group of friends, and, and it really was wonderful. Um, and I had I just done the New Year's run last year for MSG, and I was just kind of done. I was like, I'm not going to go back to New York and see any more fish. I wasn't going to do any of Baker's dozen, and um, you know, was excited to do Dayton and Pittsburgh. And then that thing happens where you're sitting at home watching webcasts. And, and you know, listening to shows the next day, and it, it is something that's bigger than you. Like it was that first run in fall '97, where I first saw fish, and you just say, "This is this is something I have to see." It's just one of these shows I have to see one of them to see what it's like. And man, it, it lived up to its end of the bargain last night. Yeah. So how was I? I was there for nights six, seven, eight, and nine. Um, and I think throughout the entire thing from what what i've heard and gathered the the energy has just been sky high every single night what was it like last night in there and were you surprised by the by the sort of excitement and energy level was it what you expected yeah so um draw back to dayton for a second you know they start that show um and the energy is like really through the roof like crazy bananas um in a small room and you're like wow this is why i come to see fish and then it kind of cooled off mid mid set in dayton Last night, you know, you, you start the show, Soul Shakedown Party, and it is like, it, it's just crazy. From, from one corner to the other corner of MSG, all, everywhere you can see, it is just, it's unlike any other time I think that I've ever seen a show, aside from maybe a New Year's show, where it just, the energy is off the charts, it doesn't matter what they're playing, um, and people... They clearly don't know what's coming next, and I think that that's the that's one of the pieces that we all draw back to when we go to see fish, and it was it was just so incredible, and so I think that for me, feeling to last from start to finish last night, even through something like Joy, which is an encore that I think most people would say, well, there's got to be something coming after yeah, it. Yeah. I think back to I think back to you, RJ, when you said. Every, that's the one complaint you would have is like you you get to an encore and you say well I want more there's she more after this but I, I just I I don't know that I've ever felt that way for an entire show for the energy to be sustained that long yeah that's awesome well let's let, well, let's talk a little bit about the show actually um before we do that I want to drop in um sort of a a, a mix down of um 
of reactions that Matt, our one of our co-hosts, was um, hosting a couch tour party, and he sort of interviewed a couple people after the show at his house, and he just got some reactions. So I'm just going to drop that in, and then Jimmy and I will talk a little bit more about this this show. Hey friends, we're reporting live here from my basement in Alexandria, Virginia, aka the Den of Tweezer. I had a whole crew of people over here tonight to watch the show, and we're going to bring people up one by one to give their quick hit review on the show tonight. So we're going to start out with Doug. Come on up, Doug. Well, first, I need to caveat anything I say that we're we're like you know looking at fish right now that they're they're on fire. So we're really grading something between an A plus and an A minus. So I want to say that before I say anything else for all the you know social media mob and all the fish snowflakes out there. Um, I thought the first set was, you know, it was a, it wasn't nothing that jumped out. The sunshine of their feeling was really good. I think that was a great idea. Um, but otherwise, there's just kind of like a lot of songs just strung together. The second set I really really enjoyed. Uh, my only complaint was I thought the song selection near the end was kind of a little off. I thought Mighty Quinn probably should have closed the set. Uh, I mean, if I had a joy closer, I'd probably go out and rip my ticket up and piss on it, you know, because that's just not a closing song. But the Mighty Quinn would have been a good closing song. So the Mighty Quinn, Rocky Top Joy, that kind of threw me off. But otherwise, I mean, that second set was completely solid. Um, it was a little just join it. I mean, the entire set list, if you kind of look how it was built together. But again, we're looking at a probably A minus show. Um, and that's only because they've been playing the garden for and trying to not do repeats. So I understand, you know, they're going to have to put what songs they have together. But overall, I think it's a solid A minus, you know, which is, which is pretty good. Okay, let's bring up Mark to the mic now to talk about his experience tonight, couch touring night twelve of the Baker's Dozen. Uh, first set, I would have to sum- summarize with Cream, Boston Cream. Boston Cream, Cream Boston, Boston Cream, Boston, mind blown. That, that pretty much blew me away. Second set, I loved the Ghost Jam. That got me to, to Happy Town like seven times over. Um, and I've just got to say how impressed I am by the totality of the run. Just all of it, A to Z so far, has been beyond impressive. Excellent. All right, next up on the mic, we're going to have Christina come up. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. <laughs> First, I'd like to say my favorite donut is Boston Cream. And I thought the first set was so much fun, lots of energy, but I really felt a lot of emotion from the boys in the second set. So I thought the show was awesome. And that's it. Thanks. All right. Next, we're going to have Jennifer come up. Well, that was really fun. I'm so glad that we could enjoy that. So my first comment is about Mike's lipstick. It was it was very bold. It was bold with the camo. Um, yeah, Mike, we likes it. Um, other than that, the Ghost Jam was amazing. I couldn't stop dancing. And then uh, my second set favorite was Quinn. You know, that just got everybody going. So it was fun. Thanks. Awesome. And then this is Matt again. I'm going to add my uh, quick review. Uh, I think I mirror Doug's sentiment where I say it's probably an A minus show. 
uh, but it, within the the totality of the run, not my favorite show. I think they they let things peer out a little bit a couple times, particularly in the fourth quarter tonight. But that's okay. Still a great show. Strong Ghost and Light Jams, and we'll see what happens tomorrow night to round up the run on night thirteen. Thanks everybody. See you soon. So, Jimmy, tell us about the set one. Um, what were some of your, your highlights? Obviously, there was a big one, but what were your thoughts sort of about the set as a, as a whole? And then we can dig down into the, the, the real highlights. Yeah, you know, I uh, I went in not not looking for anything. I think it was all just kind of bonus time for me. So um, I loved the, the flow. I loved how they started early with the Soul Shakedown Party and really got the kind of groove in the right spot. Um I think that as kind of they went through the first few songs, people were really getting like kind of angsty and waiting for the Boston or the cream to show up. And so I, I think that there was kind of some of that going on. Um, and for, for me, I think that Jabu was a, was a solid first set jam that, um, you know, that's, that's one of the things they've been doing in these, um, Baker's Dozen's Runs, which is, is doing a lot more of jamming in the first sets. So that was huge. Uh, the Fuck Your Face, for me, only the second time I've ever seen that. And and that was, I think, that like you knew Fish was about to, to do the big drop. Um, mm-hmm. And and so that's kind of how I started it. Um, yeah. So that, <laughs> let's talk about that. There was so much going on. I was watching from home and trying to keep up with the the drops back into and out of those, you know, various uh, Boston and, and cream songs. What was your, what was your kind of take as it was going? Was it just like, I mean, I guess people were expecting something, but um, obviously not something like this. You know, it's, um, you and I were at the Mary tweezer show a couple years ago. Yeah. And it like, it was like that you, you didn't know what was happening and it felt both right and wrong at the same time. And you were confused and excited. And then the energy just, like took over so you're starting with with the sunshine and you're like oh all right they're doing the cream you know and then you're like so they're going to play the whole song but then they will just pivot on a dime and, and switch it into something else and go back and forth the whole time and i think it was even hard in real time to track which cream which boston's you know songs were being played or teased how how far they were going to go when they were going to switch it back and so even for me i kind of wanted a set list that would show me that afterwards and then i i get the fish listing and, and they've named the song their own song they they came up with their own mashup name for it so i'm still a little baffled rj do you have a way to script that out for me to tell me how it kind of went back and forth yeah so according to um fish.net um so there was <laughs> this is actually kind of funny because i don't i the way I remember it was they played, they started with, well, okay, so I'll just read what Fish.net says. Um, more than a feeling and foreplay long time were incomplete. Foreplay long ta- time contained white room quotes and sunshine of your love and more than a feeling teases. Um, so that's it. <laughs> but it doesn't really say what, I mean, I know that they, actually, I don't even remember how it started, um, to be honest. I just know that there were... So it- Started with the sunshine of your love. Started with sunshine of your love, and before I was like ready for that wicked Clapton solo, and then right before oh, more than a feeling. Yeah, then you went to more than a, more than a feeling, and then 
Um, and then maybe there was the white room stuff in the more than a feeling chorus. Um, or did they go into foreplay long time f- or long time first? I don't know, man. It was it was complicated because um, they were. He was saying in the white room during more than a feeling, I think, or or, or during long time. I don't know. Still confused. Well, you know, the good part of doing this podcast is that in the you know ability to have critical commentary and play a clip, we, you can just play that whole clip. And then everyone can kind of hear going in and out yeah. um, and experience it again, as I think we all will for many years to come. Um, I think I was most impressed by their ability to not make it sloppy, to, to really nail it, to do the, the sections and the pieces um, with incredible justice. Uh, you know, I think that pe- it's like... People gave the band some heat for the Radiohead cover, which I thought was spectacular. I thought they did an amazing job with that. Um, I was a big fan of, of all of the Friday Night Show. And I think yeah. that I, I could not have imagined that they would have played that kind of a mashup with that type of precision. And I'm an Humphreys fan, so I know that people are all going to talk about Humphreys and talk about Donkey and talk about Humphreys doing a lot of these mashups and stuff. But, you know, that isn't an area that Fish gets involved in and they don't hang their hat on that and so to, to hear them do that to see them do that like that and you could tell they had been building up to this night for this entire baker's dozen and as we see from the page relics interview they've been building up to it for 10 years yeah yeah and for for those who haven't seen it or haven't heard um there was an article with page and relics when was that was that um 2000 maybe yeah 2000 like around I, I, around then yeah, and he he was during, kind of what did during he, one of the hiatuses, right? During the yeah, and he said something like, "Yeah, we've we've always tossed around the idea of doing a, a thirteen night run and calling it the Baker's Dozen and having a night with Boston Cream where we cover Boston and Cream songs, right? More or less, right? Correct. And yeah. he, and then they said things like we would maybe do it at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in uh, Rhode Island or wherever, and and you know really theme it out. And it's just so funny to now have it all actually happen for us right now and then it makes you think well what other are these ideas because it sounded like from that that interview that there was other ideas of different distinct types of tours and shows and things that the band had kicked around and maybe that's stuff that we'll see in the coming years if they're going to take a break and fall maybe not to new years and not come back to next summer maybe they're going to do something really creative there too there's been a lot of talk on just on twitter um the past couple hours about you know um, whether this is going to continue and these types of runs, um, these types of rep residencies is, you know, where people, are, the way people are referring to it. But, um, back to last night, there's, there was a lot of, um, I guess maybe disappointment from the, the, the worldwide web of fish, um, about the way the first set kind of ended. I thought it was all really fun. I like frost, but you know, I wasn't there. I mean, the, there's a, the sort of frost set of a mule fire, Alaska plasma, I think people thought that sort of fell off a little bit energy-wise. How was it there? Uh, for me, I mean, the, the energy was there the whole time. That's the part that's crazy. I mean, I think if you'd seen a lot of Baker's Dozen shows, there, then for you, maybe you, you could, like, nitpick. But for me, in real time and only being at one, the energy was there the entire time. And I'm also a huge fan of a lot of those songs. I'm a big Jimi Hendrix fan, so To Catch Fire is great, always great. Um, and I, I hadn't seen Plasma, and that was really, really great for me 
to see live and to hear Trey play that. I think that Trey comes alive in a different way with these tab songs that they're bringing back and, and putting into the band, um, as, as does Mike when they play Mike songs and things like that. So to see Trey kind of take ownership of, of the band in that way, like he does with tab, is really great. And so it closed on a high note for me. And then to start with that ghost in the second set, I mean, it, it was, and, and we already gotten the cream Boston mashup. So it was all gravy from that point out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then, I, I, I didn't care what they played. They yeah. could have played nothing. And I would have been like, well, literally the song, nothing. And I would have been totally happy. Well, so the, the ghost I thought was, um, uh, man, it was like the, bl- it was bliss, blissful ghost from the beginning almost. Um, and they, but they cycled through, I don't know, five or six different sort of, uh, you, you know music better than I do, but sort of six, five or six different themes, all with the kind of major key bliss stuff. Um, but it just kept going. It was about 21 minutes, um, but it never it never went dark or funky. It was just sort of like these variations on this really uplifting theme. That's the way I, I heard it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one of the things that people have been talking about this run is that the, the jams have been different and depending on the night you see and people were complaining if that's even possible to complain about jams having too many peaks early on <laughs> this just too many peaks. I, I don't understand how <laughs> people complain about that, but um, I think that that ghost was like a really great example of how the band can take something up like that and then just keep it at that level for an entire jam. You know, some of the times they can get kind of meandering, and I think the Golden Age from a, a couple nights ago was was one of those where it just maybe it didn't get anywhere. But I feel like they went early to that ghost, and then they just they stuck with it through the whole 20 minutes, and uh, it made it for like you couldn't get a smile off your face during that entire jam. Yeah, and the some people, I mean, some people like Petrichor, some people don't. I thought it felt like it went on for like forty-five minutes, and it's it was. I, I really enjoyed it from the couch and the the um, light after that. So that's what fifty or so minutes between those three songs, and that's a pretty big set um, on its own. But that that like to me that song selection, especially because I love Lizards and Silent in the Morning. Um, I don't know. I just I really 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 enjoyed the set. But how how was the rest of it for you? The light jam is great. It is like, you know, that kind of soft, fluffy light jam that you want. It was, I mean, I think that they've done a lot of dark and creepy jams over the um, previous days and, yeah. and shows. And so I think to see some of that lighter stuff and, the, you know, it ties well with the theme with lizards and having the Calypso groove coming and, and doing those kinds of um, calls back to, early fish and, and things like that. So I think it, it worked really well as an overall piece. I think that the energy just maxed out at Quinn. People went bananas. I mean, I think that I want to hear the odds. I don't even want to hear the boards on that because I want to hear if you can hear the band singing or if you can hear the crowd louder than the band singing. <laughs> That's awesome. I know that from the couch, from the couch through the soundboard mix, I mean, you could tell that especially with the lights, but, but you could, you could hear for sure. Um, people were going nuts and that's a super fun way. It, se- it seemed like that was going to be the set closer. Um, it could have been, and then they played Rocky top. I don't know why not like get all, get all the songs out there. Sure. <laughs> Got to do them right. Yeah. Yeah. I, Can't I, leave anything on the table. And, and then it ties to this idea of, was there a multiple song on for coming? Did mm-hmm, they get curfewed? Mm-hmm. It, or, or, and a big or here, Trey want to play Joy 
stand alone and walk off the stage. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a, I, I, that's an emotional song, you know, for, for me, but I'm sure for others that I thought it was great. I actually thought maybe they were going to just do the tweezer reprise after joy just to kind of fuck with people. <laughs> no way. What, that's coming tonight. Yeah. It's coming tonight. What, what, um, so what else are you expecting for tonight? Having been there last night and, you know, reflected. Uh, you, you know, it's interesting. I I saw that they they went with Glazed for tonight, which is interesting because they've already played Blazed on. Mm-hmm. Um, pe- people get all into the like colors of things, oh yeah yeah, but I, I don't know that they have they played any other shows where they've done something that has to do with the nitty gritty ingredients and things like that and colors and stuff. I think that they've really only done stuff off the the main donut theme word, right? For the most part, yeah. There might have been. Um... Yeah, I, I guess the strawberry was all... Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. I was thinking about the... Um, yeah, no, I think you're right. And that's sort of... It's interesting, because my only thought, which I tweeted about, was glazed Glazed is the most simple of all the donuts. And, um, you know, we're, I think everyone's probably re- waiting for a simple anyway. But um, I, I have no idea. I mean, obviously, like, hundreds of people start speculating right away, and then, like, one of them is right, you know? Um, and that's kind of what happens anytime we try to predict anything about them it's really great like everybody everybody calls 10 songs during the day and then when they play their song they're like see i called that yeah like, right yeah. right right. <laughs> you exactly. use google and you search whatever the theme was and you started yeah it's I, amazing I, I i was really thinking they were going to go with an old-fashioned donut tonight mm. and then you're going to see anarchy and and all the the old old songs prep school hippie and like everything come out mm, shaggy dogs mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. i thought that's what i thought they were gonna do tonight and then they're gonna really make you say you know don't miss a sunday show right well yeah i mean i was there last sunday and that was it was really special especially for like the you know the the geeks of which is most of us i guess but um tonight's gonna be interesting <laughs> if you're and, listening to this podcast yeah right exactly um and i'm sure everyone will be watching the the webcast tonight um so Jimmy, I think we'll um, we'll play a little bit of the, uh, or we'll play a, a, a clip of the sunshine of your feeling, um, which <laughs> pretty pretty interesting. And yeah, we will. I personally, real quick though, yeah yeah. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna name a song, yeah. Do you feel like Fish did a good job in naming their own mashup here, or could they have been more creative with it? Do you think that like? What's your feeling on that title, Sunshine of Your Feeling? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it is. Um, I think it's fine. I mean, I don't think I could have come up with anything better. I think the other, the only other title would have been like Boston Cream, you know, which would have been interesting right. for posterity. Um, but yeah, I wonder if it was just whoever mixes these after is just like, well, we got to call it something. We're not going to put, you know, 12 separate songs <laughs> with, with asterisks and teases and stuff. Um so yeah, I, yeah, I think it's good. I mean, I was what I was going to say is I apologize to everyone who listened to to me try to explain what happened because I actually don't. I obviously didn't get it right. So now everyone can just listen to it, like Jimmy said, and, and figure it out for for yourself. <laughs> and last thing, do you think they'll ever play it again? Oh man, good question. No, I don't think so. Which means they'll probably open with it at Dick's or something. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um all right well I, i'm sure you'll be watching tonight and, and we'll be watching tonight but um it's great to have you on and um i'm glad you're back in the area i'm good looking forward to hanging out 
Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And shout out to Ro Jimmy, seeing him before the show last night. Oh, nice. He, he was going dark. He wasn't going to be on the podcast today, but N- no, he's it was not. great to see him and, and, and to have him uh, around was really awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you got to see him. He's at the he's at the MoMA today, just being a, being a cultured fellow before uh, before the Sunday show. So, um, so yeah, thank, thanks for coming on, Jimmy. Absolutely, take care. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time, thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil Story Made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. I've been waiting so long to be where I'm going, and I see my
what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.